Unsettled in Truth. My name is Janelle, and I'm passionate about God and His Word. Each week, we're going to explore relevant truths from the Bible and talk about how they apply to our everyday lives. We'll memorize scripture, enjoy poems, prayers, and songs, and take practical steps that bring us closer to Jesus, the author of truth. If you're ready for life transformation, then this is the place for you. Thanks for being here with me on the Nestled in Truth podcast. Today, we're talking about our weakness and how it's actually in our weakness that God's strength is best displayed. If you're feeling weak and insecure and inadequate, or if you're struggling with a very particular weakness and it's just got you frustrated, I'm glad you're here because this is exactly where you need to be. I believe God has some encouragement and a shift in perspective to give you today. So let's get into it. Perhaps you're familiar with 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God spoke these words to Paul at a time when Paul was really struggling with what he calls a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know what this thorn was. Paul doesn't give us those details. But what we do know is that it was a weakness It was something that was debilitating to him and something that caused him distress, enough so that he prayed three different times, essentially begging God to take it away. But God's response to Paul in all of that was, I'm not taking away that weakness, Paul, because my grace is enough to cover over that weakness. My grace is enough to see you through it. My power is made perfect in that weakness. It's interesting, isn't it, how God's ways and how he looks at things are always so countercultural. They always go against our human logic or perspective. As humans, we rarely look on something like weakness with a friendly eye. We admire strength, power, and influence. When we watch a movie or read a book, we like those strong, powerful, courageous characters who just charge head-on into a situation and save the day, right? And we often like to think of ourselves as the heroes of our own stories. We want to be the strong, capable protagonist, not the wimp who needs everyone else to come to their rescue every five minutes. But when we look to God's word, we can clearly see that God has a different view when it comes to our weaknesses. He has a different perspective about us trying to play the hero in our own story. In Ephesians 6.10, we are told to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not our own. God does not want us relying on our own strength. He wants us to rely on him because even our greatest strength is weakness compared with him. His way requires humility. When we cannot acknowledge our weakness, especially before God, our pride will lead us into ruin. It's actually by embracing our weaknesses, recognizing them, and seeking strength in God instead of ourselves that we find the strength we need to overcome the battles we face in this life and the strength to do the things God has called us to do. I don't know about you, but I often feel weak, and pretty much in any way you can imagine. In fact, it's kind of funny because I've been really struggling with gathering my thoughts for this particular episode. I've been having to walk away from it for weeks and come back to it and walk away again and come back again. 
Like planning this episode has been kicking my butt. <laughs> Finding the words I want to share and the direction I feel I should take it has been just a really jumbled mess. And I have to wonder if perhaps the Lord is teaching me through my struggle with this about my own weakness and needing to rely on him and his strength. Like this episode is my own lesson in relying on God and not myself. Funny how God does that, right? But anyway, like I said, I often feel weak and in just about any way a person can feel weak. Physical? Uh, yeah, I'm a weakling. <laughs> I mean, I'm a lot stronger than I look, so I sometimes surprise people with what I can lift or endure physically, but compared to a lot of people, I'm pathetic. I'm a scrawny little 100 pounds soaking wet kind of girl. I'm no Arnold Schwarzenegger or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, no one's about to look at me and be intimidated by my physical prowess, I assure you. Instead, they'll see a little cream puff who could be knocked down by a light breeze. All right, I think I've made my point. Mental weakness? Oh yeah, I mean... I told you in the intro episode about how I'm basically a 90-year-old woman at heart. Well, I also happen to have the short-term memory of a 90-year-old woman. I'm that person who forgets what I came into a room to do two seconds after I walk in the room. If you tell me your name, I've already forgotten it two seconds into our conversation, and I'm racking my brains trying to remember what you said your name was. So yeah, my mental prowess is somewhat lacking as well. Emotional weakness... Let's just say I am quite sensitive and I cry very easily, especially the older I get. Whether it's for something happy or sad, doesn't matter. The waterworks come real easily these days. I usually manage to control emotions like anger fairly well so that I'm not having some outburst at the drop of a hat, but I still have my moments. So emotionally, there's certainly no lack of weakness. Spiritual weakness? Yikes. Where do I even begin? I can think of so many weaknesses in my spiritual life, it's not even funny. Like my desire to be in control, the pride that makes me think my way is best, my lack of patience, my tendency to be a people pleaser. These are just a few of my many spiritual weaknesses. And I feel weak in other ways, too. I feel inadequate, ill-equipped, like I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough experience. I don't have the right personality traits. I don't have all the right resources. The list goes on. But the point I'm trying to make is that it's important that we recognize that we have weaknesses and limitations. We should not deny or ignore them. We can't let pride get in the way of us acknowledging our weaknesses. Because here's the thing. We're going to be very tempted to try to live our Christian lives operating out of our own strength. We're going to be tempted to carry the weight of things that are beyond us, rather than relinquishing those things into God's hands, the only one who's actually capable of carrying them. And the thing is, it's so insane and ridiculous that we try to live the Christian life on our own, when God's power is available to us, and when God's word has made it abundantly clear that we cannot live the Christian life in our own strength. This is exactly why we ought to embrace our weaknesses gladly, for the sake of gaining God's strength to help us in any situation. God's strength meets us in our weakness to bring about the things he desires. Why would we try to operate any other way? I love what Paul says in his letter to the Galatians. He says in chapter 3, verse 3, 
are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? The message translation puts it this way. Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? I love that because it's so true. The fact that we are even able to live as Christians with belief in Jesus is because God had to do the heavy lifting to make us aware of our need for him. We couldn't even do that much without him stepping in and helping us. So if that's the case, why do we get this idea in our heads that we can live out the Christian life and live out the calling God has placed on us in our own strength and without his help? It's crazy, right? And it's completely unnecessary because no matter what our weakness, God has what we need when we need it, and he's waiting to offer it. There's no shame in admitting we need him. In fact, it's only by admitting our need for God that we can access the strength he's promised to lend to us. If you're someone who has a hard time admitting any weakness, if you're embarrassed or ashamed because of it, I want to help you to take your eyes off of yourself for a moment and turn them to the reason for your weakness. Our weakness teaches us our need for God, plain and simple. If we weren't face-to-face all the time with our weaknesses, starkly aware of them, we would actually be prone to think that we're capable in and of ourselves for anything and everything we face. We would never admit that we need God, and what would happen would be disastrous. We would destroy ourselves. So, for one thing, our weakness is a kindness of God. He is essentially saving us from ourselves by allowing our weaknesses to show us that we don't have what it takes on our own. Our weaknesses cause us to seek him and his help. The other part of it is that our weaknesses actually glorify God because when God works in and most especially through us in a given situation, all of the glory goes to him and him alone because people will look at us and go, There's no way someone like you could have done that all by yourself. There's no way you could have accomplished that on your own. There has to be a God. The Bible actually speaks to this very thing in Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, where he compares believers to jars of clay. What he's saying in this passage is that there's nothing extraordinary about clay jars. They're commonplace. They're simple. They're kind of plain, but useful. They have a purpose. Their purpose is to hold within them what is valuable and treasured. And as believers, there's nothing so extraordinary about us, nothing powerful or grand. We're easily breakable. We're just a plain vessel. But the Spirit of God and the powerful message of the gospel dwells within us. We're a vessel for God's Spirit to shine out and be seen. Through us, God's power can be poured out. It can be witnessed and experienced by those around us. And they, in turn, can look at that and say, Wow, that definitely didn't come from you. You're just a normal, everyday human like me. That was God. So our willingness and our obedience to be vessels for God's Holy Spirit, for his gospel message, brings glory to God because those who see or experience God's power at work in and through us are able to see that it is only from God that those things are possible, not us, the simple, plain, fragile clay jars. 
Our weakness, these fragile clay jars of ours, are a great witness of God's mighty power. They allow his power to shine through in a way that isn't possible when we're operating out of our own strength. When we're operating out of our own strength, we're receiving the glory. We're receiving the praise. The focus remains on us. And, I might add, we accomplish nothing of any great or lasting value. We accomplish mediocrity at best. But if we want to see those big, in-your-face, wow, God moments in our lives, we have to be willing to operate out of our weakness so that we can actually operate in God's strength. We have to be willing to allow others to see our weakness because that's how God's power can shine through and bring the wow factor that makes a difference in our lives and the lives of others. So how exactly do we operate out of a place of offering our weakness to God so that his strength can shine through? What does that actually look like? And what does this mean? Like, are we, are, are we not allowed to do things we're good at or wired to do? And God just wants us to do things we're terrible at and aren't gifted at at all and don't even have a passion for so that it's obvious that it's him? Well, I think the place to begin is with the word submission, and that's a word we aren't too fond of, especially in our modern Western culture, but this word is actually the key to the whole thing. It's this submission that's the starting point for all of the different ways that God's strength is played out in our weakness, and I'll explain what I mean by that. There are many ways that God can display his strength in our weakness, but in order for him to do that, we have to be in submission to him. This is where we recognize and acknowledge that he is Lord and we are not. It's where we give him authority over us. We put our will, our desires, our dreams, our fears, our inabilities, our weaknesses, all of it under his authority. Everything we think and feel is secondary to what he says. It's where we decide like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, your will be done, not mine. This attitude has to come first in order for us to see and experience God's strength in the midst of our weakness. Because if we demand our way, or like I said at the outset, if we in our pride refuse to acknowledge our weaknesses and limitations, God is not going to lend us his strength and help. He's going to step back and let us try to operate out of our own strength and allow us to reap the consequences of that decision. So submission is first, and I'll give you a couple of examples of what I mean by that to help you see some practical ways that we can gain God's strength in the midst of our weakness. The first one is this, by adopting this attitude of submission to God, we decide beforehand that what God asks us to do or not do, we will obey. And so we're living in submission to the Holy Spirit. If God's Spirit is prompting us to give up a certain activity because it's not helping our pursuit of holiness but hindering it, then we obey and we give it up. So we're living with that sort of submission going on. Well, as we live our lives that way, we're listening constantly for the leading of the Spirit. We're listening for His voice so that when He prompts us, hey, this is something I want you to do, we say, okay. So to give you an example, let's say you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to share your faith with someone at work. If you're living in submission to Him, your response will be, okay, Lord, what would you like me to say? But in that moment, fear starts looming in you start to feel inadequate. You remember that this is an area of weakness for you. You don't feel like you have enough knowledge 
What if they start asking you all kinds of questions you don't have the answers to? What if you just sound like an idiot who doesn't know what they're talking about? And this is when you face a crossroads, right? You can either go forward and do what God has asked, asking him to help you find the words, to help you to remember something you read in his word that you can share with that person, and you leave the results of that conversation in his hands. Or you can say, I'm too weak, I'm not the right person for that, I'll just mess it up, and you can choose not to talk to that person. And friend, let me just say, I have never been good at evangelizing. That's a hard one for me, but I've certainly had spiritual conversations sprung on me in moments I didn't expect at work. And sometimes I felt like God helped me to go into those conversations and be obedient to what he wanted. And other times I kept silent. So I've definitely been on both sides of the coin with that kind of a scenario. But do you see what I mean? This is an example of how our weakness can come in and try to convince us that we aren't able to do what God wants. But if we go to God and just be honest about our weakness and ask him for help, he will help us in that moment. And after all, if we're sharing the gospel message with someone or having a spiritual conversation, it's only God's spirit that's going to be able to reach that person's heart anyway. Nothing we say or do in our own power or ability has the power to draw them to Jesus without the spirit working through us. So it takes the weight off our shoulders and we can simply be obedient without fear of failure. So the whole thing starts with submission. We decide before God even gives us direction about something he wants us to do, or before we're faced with a difficulty that we wouldn't sign up for, that we're going to be obedient to him, faithful to him, and trust in him. This is the key because we need to be listening to where the spirit is specifically leading us. Sometimes he will lead us into something that is definitely something we're not gifted or well-equipped to do, and he just wants us to lean into his strength to do it. Sometimes he does want to use something he's gifted us with, but there will be parts of pursuing that thing that are beyond us and our abilities in and of ourselves. Things that are going to require that we rely on him. Sometimes God will bring us into a situation that is hard, that's a struggle, that's painful, unwanted, and he's not going to take away that difficulty or pain. He's going to use it to grow us and teach us, and he wants to work in and through us through that struggle, just like Paul, because it forces us to rely on him to make it through, because it shows the people who are watching from the outside that God's power and grace is indeed enough. Sometimes it's about God's timing in a given situation, and we have to submit to that timing, even though we don't like it, wouldn't choose it, or don't understand it. The second part of offering our weakness to God so that his power can shine through is to step out. So we've already submitted to his authority. We've already submitted to whatever he says, and then we move, we do, we act. Even when we're afraid, even when we don't understand, even when we feel inadequate and ill-equipped, even when we're convinced we're the wrong person for the job, and that's when God moves in and does what we can't do. If there was ever a great example of this, it would be Moses, right? I mean, that dude had a terrifying and huge destiny. What God had for him to do was so far beyond what Moses was capable of doing on his own. The whole thing was 100% up to God to make it happen. 
but he still had to be willing to step out in faith. He still had to be willing to do the small but important act of extending his staff, for instance. That was no great feat on his part. It was just an obedient act of holding out his staff. But then God did the mighty wonders that brought about his good purposes. Friend, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling insecure and inadequate, if you're feeling overwhelmed with the enormity of whatever it is God has called you to, first off, you're not alone. Not only do we have many Bible figures who we can see the struggles they faced with similar feelings, but I am right there with you. And even right now, in the season of life God has me in, I completely understand those feelings of being overwhelmed and insecure and feeling inadequate. But friend, you can take comfort in this phrase that has really spoken to me lately. It's a phrase that my sister-in-law shared with our church family during prayer time recently that one of her friends had said during their small group time, and it really struck me. She said, God does the heavy lifting. Friend, let that phrase sink in for a minute. God does the heavy lifting. Doesn't that just take a weight off your shoulders? You don't have to worry about the big steps, the miraculous wonders, the outcomes, all of those heavy lifting jobs rest with God and his strength. And we just have to take small steps of obedience and faithfulness and trust and his strength swoops in and does the impossible. But if we're facing a particular weakness, if we're feeling God prompting us to act, to endure, whatever the case may be, in an area where we feel weak, how can we access his strength in those moments? Yes, we talked about submission and stepping out, but what actual specific things can we do to be able to submit and step out in the midst of our weakness? Well, I think it's the typical standbys for the Christian life, prayer. We need to pray for God's help. We need to pray for the ability to submit and step out, bring our fears to him, bring our worries, our insecurities, all of it, and ask him to fill us with courage and peace. Go to God's word. We need to go to God's word often. When we absorb the truths of God's word, it shifts our perspective, it renews our minds, and it fills us with what we need to be faithful. Reading about other people who were broken and flawed and weak and afraid, but God used them in mighty ways, that gives us courage and helps us to trust God for ourselves and what he's called us to. Seek the help of other believers. When we're feeling weak and insecure, we can also receive a lot of help and encouragement from other believers. They can speak life into us. They can offer a different perspective. They can come alongside of us and join us in prayer. They can offer wisdom and insight that maybe we didn't consider before. God gave us the community of believers so that we could spur one another on in faith and good works. And sometimes we may even find a friend who has more knowledge or skill or strength in an area where we're weak, and they can offer us their expertise or assistance. Moses had Aaron to help him accomplish the task God had given him. Maybe we need an Aaron too. Sabbath rest. We talked about this a few episodes ago in episode three, actually, but I believe that 
A consistent lifestyle of Sabbath rest is also key to accessing God's strength in our weakness, because the very idea of Sabbath rest is relying on Him, seeking Him, resting in Him. So this will help us to remember that He does the heavy lifting, and we can lay our weakness at His feet as our offering and allow Him to use it in whatever way He chooses. When our lives are centered on consistently coming into the presence of God to be refreshed, renewed, to know him better, to learn to trust him more, this will help us to access his strength when we need it. As I was considering the memory verse for this week, there were many good ones that came to mind that talked about our weakness, but I landed on 1 Chronicles 16.11 because I wanted the focus to be on God's strength and for us to be reminded to seek it out. So once again, it's First Chronicles 16, 11, which says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. When we put our focus and our efforts into seeking the Lord, seeking his face and his strength, any thought of our weaknesses goes out the door. We aren't fixating on our weaknesses. Rather, we're fixating on our good God who is mighty in power. For the practical application, I want to encourage you that it's better to have a battle plan already in place before we're in that moment of having to stare down our weaknesses. So something I did for myself that you may want to try is I made up a little battle plan sheet, and this was for me more geared toward my writing and now podcasting and was something I set up for those moments when I'm struggling to be faithful to what God has given me to do with the blog, with the podcast, with other writing projects. But really, it also applies to any area of my life. And what I did was set up a plan for what I needed to do when I was feeling overwhelmed or inadequate or fearful or tired or whatever, just those moments when my weaknesses are staring me down. I could come to this plan and get help in that moment. So I started out, my first step in the battle plan is to pray. Just get before the Lord and ask for help. Be honest about my struggle. Just lay it out there at his feet. The next step was to get who I called my Aaron and her to pray for me, which references the time in the book of Exodus when Moses had to keep his arms raised the entire time the Israelite army was fighting a battle with the Midianites, and if he dropped his arms, they would start losing. So his friends, Aaron and Hur, each stood on one side of Moses and held his arms up for him. So for me, I chose two friends that I would ask to pray for me when I was really struggling. Then I had made a playlist on Spotify beforehand full of songs that really encourage me and pump me up and remind me of truth. So the next step in my plan was to hit that playlist and just listen to those words and melodies that would help to center me on truth. And then the final step in the battle plan was to look through the scriptures that I selected beforehand to be the encouragement that I need when I'm struggling. So I listed out those scriptures so I could read them at the snap of a finger. And I called the whole thing my battle plan and printed it out on a sheet of paper and framed it. It's sitting on my bookshelf next to my desk. So when I'm really struggling, I can go to that and be reminded of where my strength comes from. So I would definitely encourage you to make a battle plan of your own if you think that would be something that would help you. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know it was a little bit longer than sometimes, which is extra funny to me considering what I told you about how much I have been struggling with this episode, planning of it. Um, God's good, right? What can I say other than that? I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, pumped up a bit, and I hope you're ready to bring your weaknesses to God and let his power shine through them. Next week, we're going to address a topic that is very heavy on my heart and one I'm super excited to delve into. We're going to look at the church and how there's a desperate need for us to replace consumerism with Christ-likeness. You won't want to miss it. Have a great week, friend, and we'll talk again soon.